Welcome to the Good But Not Great podcast. This is Kenny. And I'm James. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, I didn't do my normal thing. I know. I was waiting for you. I gave you the dramatic pause. It is your blend of fact and funny. Fact and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the homily thing. we got to get away from this whole... We do the same introduction every time. I know, but it's you. No, I meant the commenting on the introduction. You're the introduction guy. Just do it and get past it. But this is... You're the one that causes this. Yeah. You set up the scenario and you don't like what you've set up. Okay. Maybe I do. This is kind of like your life. Like, you set up these environments. (laughs) Wait, wait. wait. Why do you... And then you don't like how they are. Yeah. Why do we have to jump to that? Are you the introduction guy? I just want you to know, by the end of this podcast... You started. Who does the introduction? It's, I do, but you started the whole, this is like your life. It is. I mean, you you began that you began that culture in this so what's podcast. what's the point? I'm just saying, if by the end, we're apologizing to each other, <laughs> you, you, you out of the gate. Because we've apologized to each other so many times? This is that is, what you're saying? Because we're known for apologizing to each other? Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Hey, by the way, we uh, we had our first official legitimate criticism this week. Yeah. It was it was our friend Daniel Sweet. Yes. And uh, I, I should say former friend. Former. Yeah, it was a bad day for me. Then his criticism. You were having in. a rough day. It was a rough day. It was a long yeah, week. You had a lot of stuff long going on. Week, and then Daniel, Daniel, in his timely, you know, Holy Spirit-led kind of way... Which actually made him pretty happy. I mean, he was yeah, pretty happy about dude. the fact. Like, yeah. just the fact that it it hurt me and wounded me yes. at the time really kind of made his day. He backed up the truck. Boop. No, boop, he didn't back it up. Boop. He, he <laughs> dumped it down. it all on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just, just stay there, James. I got just, some more for you. He kept grabbing cans of gasoline, pouring it on. <laughs> to which I thought again, and I've thought this a lot in my life, I need better friends. Yes. All right, so yeah, so Daniel kind of piped in. He said, yeah. "What he said? He said something about the show, didn't he?" Yeah, he was like, he didn't know what to think of the show, and and it's funny because we have other friends who are like, "This sounds really great. I like the new format." Yeah, and then there's Daniel. Yeah, and Daniel's criticism was he didn't know. I don't know. I really don't know what his criticism is yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he thought it was the one in the fighting. I know that. I for think him. that was a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, we weren't angry enough. Which now I'm angry at him. So uh-huh. how does that work? Well, we can we could build up the anger. I thought about like if I could just bring him in and just yell at him for the entire podcast, Good. then we could kill two birds with one stone. We could just have intermittent moments, yeah, like little segments of the show where we just stop and yell at yeah, yeah. yell at a yell friend, at Daniel. Yell at friend. <laughs> you said a call a friend, yell at a friend, yell at a friend, yeah, so and, and hope they actually listen to the podcast. So, in in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? If you don't know the answer, you can phone a friend. Yeah, but on our podcast, when yep. you're starting to get a little frustrated. You just yell at a friend. Uh, I'm going to use my yell at a friend. Yeah. All right. What if we just put them on speakerphone and be like... We could. Okay, so this week we are going to finish up uh, this section on James chapter 2. Yeah. Versus, uh, let's see. We're going to go back to 8. Okay, back to 8. And uh, I'm actually going to read... I've been reading from the ESV. You've been reading from the NIV. I'm going to read from one of my favorite translations. and it's, it's the Holman. It, it, New American Standard. I do like the Holman. I do like the New American Standard. But this is an oddball one. It's okay. the God's Word translation. It's a little on the nose, isn't it? 
it's it's just what it's called. I know. I'm just saying but they they did. I remember getting an advanced copy of this, and so I started taking it when I was in college. I started taking it to my Greek class, and we'd have to translate these passages. And then we'd have to read it from all these different ones. And our professor, who is crazy smart, um, would. Every time I would read it, everyone else would be like, oh, yeah, the New American Standard does that. Oh, yeah, that's the NIV that did this. Oh, that's that. And I would read from mine, and he'd be like, what translation is that? Like, it's this new one called God's Word. Excellent. They handle it excellent. <laughs> and I was like, well, then I know. And that's how I tested it out. I didn't actually have the skills to test it myself, so I just inadvertently had him test it, and it stood up. Hey, if there is something you can learn from the great Dr. Marbury... It is candor. Candor. I'm being serious, yeah, I'm right? I'm telling you, man. He's not mean. Mm-mm. No, but he's, he just tells you exactly what he thinks and what, what, he, what needs to be said. There's never any doubt for where you stand. Yeah. He'll say something's poor. Yeah. And he's not attacking you. In fact, the first year in Greek class, and I say the first year, it was the first year I attempted Greek class yeah. when I got kicked out yes. by Dr. Marbury. Yeah. He pulled me up to the end of class after several months of this. Your brother was in the class, and he actually went to the back of the class and got everybody else to stay there so they could hear what Dr. Marbury was fixing to say to me. My brother did that. Jeff, yeah. Yes. And so I'm like, yeah, Dr. Marbury, what do you need? And he's like, you need to drop this class right now. Just drop the class. And I'm like, <laughs> well, Dr. Marbury, don't you think I can, I think I can catch up? No, 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 no. You cannot catch up. Go right around to the registrar's office before you lose any more money and drop the class. And by the way, you need to pick up an English class because you learn how to translate your own language, or learn your own language before you translate another language into it. And everybody in the back of the class is hearing that. And your brother's just dying. He's oh, not he's even trying to hide it, man. He's, he's just dying laughing. And he's like, even the dumb kids in here are making the grade. What's the matter with you? I'm like, I don't know. Oh, man. So, yeah. So I, I went back the second year. I actually took an English class, went back the second year, and uh, did great. Yeah. Did, did, did aces after that. But, yeah. n- yep, no problem with candor right there. Get out. You're so done the, with this the class. Bible, the Bible translation of the Bible. So I'm reading God's Word. Okay. Translation. <laughs> I know sure. it's on the note. I know. I'm just telling you, that's the name of the translation. Uh-oh. Starting verse 8. You are doing right if you obey this law from the highest authority. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you favor one person over another, you're sinning, and this law convicts you of being disobedient. If someone obeys all of God's laws except one, that person is guilty of breaking them all. After all, the one who said never commit adultery is the same one who said never murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you become a person who disobeys God's laws. Talk and act as people who are going to be judged by laws that bring freedom. No mercy will be shown to those who show no mercy to others. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm. That handles that last. The reason I want to read that one is because it handles that last verse as well as any of them that I looked at. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. No mercy will be shown to those who show no mercy to others. It now, re- it, uh, let me be honest. It reads like a paraphrase. Read, read the NIV version. The whole thing? No, just that verse, 13. And I'll read ESV here. I'm really having issues. Okay, ESV says, For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay, so the NIV in the smallest print that is ever printed. I'll read it. It says, because judgment... Hey, let me... I'll read it. Do you want my glasses? Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. 
So let's just, I want to set the stage here for everyone who doesn't know what just happened. We just read scripture. We're in the pastor's office. And by pastor's office, I mean you're the pastor and this is your office. Okay, let's roll with that. And you grabbed a Bible. Yeah. And now you're complaining because it's the smallest print of any Bible it's ever. It's a great Bible. And how do you not have 14 other Bibles in your office? Well, I got one in my bag. I got a bunch at the house. I've got some other Bibles, but they weren't the NIV. I saw you turn around two or three times and look for... Yeah. They weren't the NIV, so I didn't... I don't, and you have a computer in front of you I've really with, I don't know, probably access to the internet, where there's things like Bible Gateway, stuff like that. It's the Gateway Bible. <laughs> the message is the Gateway Bible. <laughs> so you said that reads like a paraphrase. You start, and- reading, you start reading the message, pretty soon you'll be reading the NIV. And then it'll build up. You'll be reading like King James in no time. You'll, it's like the the pure stuff. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's the Gateway Bible. It's the Gateway. So anyway, so I think I think that James chapter two handles that in God's Word translation. Excellent. No mercy will be shown to those who show no mercy to others. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Of course, the NIV because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay, so what do you got? Man. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a text and it totally distracted me. Yeah, because we all heard it ding. I know. I just turned it off. But you so, yeah. And after re- it dinged. And I'm actually distracted by my styrofoam cup. Can I'm you see white. can you see that it's why do you keep picking up and looking at the bottom of your it's cup? It's bent. Can you see that it's bent? Let me see your cup. I'll fix it. No, don't fix it because you're gonna tear a hole in I'll get coffee all over my desk. I just keep looking at it like surely that's good. Yeah, it's not gonna tilt. I'm just worried that it's gonna, no, it's let gonna me, tilt let me, a little bit. Let me, let me fix that. No, 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 no. Oh, please look. Please don't. Now it's uh, fixed. You can't see it's it. It's not fixed. That's how I clean it. It's the house. fixed. You can't <laughs> just move it out of the way. All right. So so here's um start in verse eight. Yes. Because it's the tie into what we were talking about last week. Yeah. So here's the idea. We're dealing with favoritism and partiality last week. Yes. Okay, but also... And partiality is good, and favoritism is awesome. <laughs> no, no, in, in a negative side. I mean, yeah. we treat everybody we treat everybody equal. But here, here's what I like. In, interesting. But people aren't all equal. No, no, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. But they, they're equally valued by so, God. Yeah, let's clarify that, because I don't treat other people the way I treat you. Oh, you can say that again. I mean, I'm actually pretty cordial to most people in my life. <laughs> and people people that think they're not getting that from you, yeah, they're going to be like, well, how does he treat Kenny? <laughs> must hate that guy. Yeah. And they would be right, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, they wouldn't be wrong. We're, we're not easy on each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's my point. So he's dealing with this favoritism. You didn't person. finish that. So oh God, you talked about equal. Let's control free. Clarify that. Okay. What do, you mean by, what do you mean by equal? Because we don't treat everybody the same. And the Bible doesn't tell us to treat everybody the same. We Sh- Not showing favoritism, not showing partiality is not the same as treating everybody the same. Yes. Well, he's specifically dealing with how people were treated uh, in the church. Yes. Elevated to higher places of prominence because of earthly values. Gotcha versus the grace that's been given, which puts us all on an equal playing field right? Um, or equal plane. So here, it, what seems like a fairly small thing about favoritism and partiality, we would not put that in a top 10 list of sins. Mm-hmm. And then he transitions into talking about a really important theological point, which is um, what makes a lawbreaker right. is that you've broken a single law. 
It's not that you're breaking them all the time. It's not that you're breaking the big ones, but simply breaking any of them uh, makes you a lawbreaker and in need of the grace of Jesus Christ. Now, somebody would say, well, man, that's harsh. No, really, really, it's just honest. Yeah. He's not being harsh. He's not calling names. He's not pointing fingers. He's just being honest that that this is a legitimate thing that God is concerned about how we're treating people. Um, So we could be so focused on, you know, murder and adultery and things like that, that we glaze over some things that God really is really important to him. Um, And if you don't work, if you don't struggle with those big sins, but you struggle with these, God's saying, can I tell you something? Yeah. My eyes are glazing over. I know (laughs) my point being, my point being that he's not for the point of, it's not for the purpose of pointing fingers. It's for the purpose of saying everybody needs grace. Right. Yeah. So I I want to back up just a little bit on this partiality shift before we shift into this, because I think it's really yeah. important. That, because this is almost a seeming contradiction in the Bible. And there are a lot of things that on the surface can appear like contradictions. And so this, it looks like he says, show no favoritism. And so you would t- you could easily take that and go treat everybody the same. Mm-hmm. But then it says you're supposed to shake the dust off your feet and not have anything to do with them. If, yeah. if someone comes to your house and they're a heretic, don't even let them into your house yeah. or set in a meal with them. So you don't even show them hospitality. Yeah. Uh, a gossip you're supposed to walk away from, you're supposed to ignore. And so it doesn't... So you read those verses, you're like, wait a minute, which one is it? Is it, I treat everybody the same? Yeah. Well, not showing partiality doesn't mean treat everybody the same. Correct. Because you do have to deal like, I don't treat women the same way that I treat other men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, women don't treat guys the same way they treat other women. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's just, just even in the gender spectrum, there's a different way that we handle each other. You're talking about even just how we engage each other and interact. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was listening to a deal on the way in a newscast about, how they're going to start greenlighting some of these uh, transgender MMA fighters, the guys who are guys who identify as women to be able to fight again in the women's bracket. I'm like, we've lost our mind because Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason we don't allow men to fight women because it's bad. It's really bad on every level. So, you know, we don't treat everybody the same. We can't treat everybody the same, but we are to give equal value everybody. Yes, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So or I to, love to, somebody. I care for somebody. I care for their soul. I care about them equally. Yeah. Or at least to recognize that God places equal value yeah. on his creation. There's intrinsic value in all that he's created, specifically humankind is what I'm dealing with. Not that, not that, you know, the birds in the Walmart parking lot have the right. same value as, as you do, James. And I want right. to go one more level with this. So He's specifically talking in this passage about how you treat people within the church. Mm -hmm. And in Corinthians, the Apostle Paul dealt with how they were treating people outside of the church and inside of the church. And he even told them you had it backwards. You're showing too much grace to people inside the church who know the truth and not enough grace to people outside the church who are just walking around like blind people. They're in darkness. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you should be treating them differently. So we do treat people differently. Yeah. But, but he starts transitioning there. He says, if you favor one person over another, you're sinning, and this law convicts you of being disobedient. Verse 10. If someone obeys all of God's laws, except one, that person is guilty of breaking them all. After all, the one who said never commit adultery is the same one who said never murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you become a person who disobeys God's laws. All right. Tie it in. Okay, so the, the idea here... Always pointing. Now, James really deals with behavior a lot. 
I mean, in other words, what this looks like to live out your Christian faith within the community of the church, outside the community church. But ultimately, it's it's a pointing back to the need for grace um, and and the fact that um, we're all whether we whether we break a small law or a big law or this law or that law, we all find ourselves in the position of being a lawbreaker and a sure. need for salvation through Jesus Christ. So that's really what he's setting up, which which also is not only how we deal with ourselves. What he's about to go into in this next paragraph is how that should. Um, inform how we interact with other people as well. Yeah. Um, and so, so God is um, endlessly forgiving us. Right. I mean, endlessly. There's no limit on what God said, you know, as far as the day-to-day life of a believer. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Forgive. I really want to get to what laws did you break this week? That's what um, I'm really trying to get at here. Okay, let's see. My license is expired. <sighs> that was pathetic. Like, I mean, I can't believe, like, the, the lady told you, and you still didn't go get it fixed. Yeah, I'm, um, I, it's on my list. It's So I haven't went I hope, there. I hope you have to pay a heavy fine on that, because you've <laughs> jacked around so long with it. It's not been that long. So, so, but yeah, so I've been driving without a license. All, so like, and who told you that? The lady at some convenience store, the doctors? Oh, the dentist. It the was dentist, the dentist. The dentist, yeah. she told me. That you've only visited, like, how many times have you seen a dentist oh in your gosh, life? Oh my gosh, James. Three times? Why do I Twice? share things with you? Five times? Why do I share things with you? How many times have you seen a dentist? I'm done with you. I'm done. How many times have you seen a dentist? Okay, I don't know. This is not specifically, but breaking trust would be one of the laws... That puts James Caulfield in need of grace. How about breaking trust? I just I did you not want? You. Did, how did you not want that shared? <laughs> You're the one that brought up the license deal. I. <laughs> there is at no point that somebody is going to be listening to this podcast, and that they're going to be hearing me talk about my license and go. Speaking of which, wonder how many times Kenny's been to the dentist in his life. <laughs> You're a lawbreaker. You need Jesus. Oh, he you talks in, about you're in desperate need of Jesus this morning. Okay, so let's talk about that. You're desperate need of Jesus. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Let's just stick to the scripture. Let's not bring you into it right now. So he says, after all, never commit adultery. The one who said never commit adultery, someone said never murder. So it's, it'd be yeah. easy for us to look at that. And go, well, I didn't commit adultery. I did murder. Let's remember we're talking to Christians. There's a whole nother standard. Jesus says, if you lust, you commit adultery. Mm, yeah. If you hate, you murder. Yeah. You're you're murdering me right now. I yeah. can tell by the look in your eyes. Oh, no. I actually, think there's actually, some, I'm completely neglectful I, of you. I think there's some hatred going on. I was on. thinking I think, about something completely different. I was actually thinking about what uh, Dr. Ashby says about the Sermon on the Mount, which is the point of the Sermon on the Mount is not to um, increase the requirement. It's not to say, oh, you think this is all you're expected to do. It's not to up the ante on what's expected us of us legally, morally. Um, it is actually to point out to Pharisees who thought they had attained something. Uh-huh. that You're not there yet. You haven't attained anything. Wow. That's the point of it. That's the point stuff. isn't, hey, I'm about to show you a way that's going to make your life even more yeah. difficult and add a lot more guilt to your life. It was... There are Pharisees here, and and you guys have been taught that this is you're good, so you don't need Jesus, yeah, because you're doing all these things. You're murdering, murdering anybody. You don't need any of that stuff. Um, and he's saying, oh yeah, by the way, murder is lust. 
Oh, murderous <laughs> hatred. Adultery's lust. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so Ashby says that's really what he's accomplishing in the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. He's up in the ante, not that's for good. the requirement. He's up in the ante of who needs Jesus. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, and and so the, the point here, again, is not to up the ante on the requirements of us. Yeah. It's to make us open our eyes and make us aware of how much even more we need Jesus than we even realized. But what if it is to up the ante? Well, I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, there's no way you're going to read that and go, oh, crud. It, yeah, there has to be some anti-upping. I got I got to work on that. Anti-upping. Yeah, uh, of that. Yeah. Okay, so now let's transition to what he takes this to. So it is he he's addressing problems within the church of favoritism, mm-hmm. partiality, and he's letting them know you break into the law, you're a lawbreaker and you need for Jesus. But then he he flips it again to back to really the great commandments, which is which is verse 8. Love God, love others. Yep. Now he's about to hit the others thing. So you want to run with that? Yeah. So he, what I was looking for is verse 8 there. He says, love your neighbor as yourself, as you love yourself. So he says, you're doing right if you obey the law from this perspective. So he he get, he shifts into the perspective like, remember Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment or what's the greatest law? And he says, the, the first is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like it or equal to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, in this, all the law. So he he ties everything into that. And I think it was Warren Wiersbe that I was reading um, where he talked about if you respect someone, you can still break the law. Like I, In fact, I can respect you and want your respect back, and I can tell lies about you. Like I can sell lies to you. Like mm-hmm. I can try to puff myself up because I respect you and try to get more yeah. uh, affection from you or more uh, respect back from you. So you can you can out of respect you can still break the law. But when you when when it's the love them as yourself, that kind of negates the whole thing. It's yeah. like hey, listen, this is this is what ties the whole thing together: loving God, putting Him as priority above everything else, and loving your neighbor specifically as yourself. Yeah, as you would want to be loved. As yeah. Well, not not loving your neighbor for what you can get out of it is is that the is that the contrast you're trying to make? There? No, I, yes and no. Okay, I, I think I think I think we see that as as you would want to be loved, but I think there's something else to that. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase uh, says we we um, talking about loving our spouses. He says in loving them by how we love ourselves. So he's talking about this idea like and he says no man. Um, uh, how does he put it? Doesn't feed himself or doesn't care for himself. So it's the idea that you clothe yourself. Yes or no? You mean like you're clothed right now? I, yeah, yeah, I clothe myself. Yeah. Do you do you keep yourself with a structure to live in? Yes. Do you work hard to provide money so that you can go get food? Yes. So he's he really kind of makes this comparison that loving others as yourself, you love yourself by caring for yourself. So there's that action to it as well. Yes. So it's not just how you want to be loved. It's actually how you technically love yourself. Oh, okay. You care for yourself. You Th- take care of your needs. You meet your needs. And I thought, that's pretty good. Like, so he's, 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 he's bringing it closer to home. So it's not, I, I'm going to love other people in a way that I would want other people to love me. He's saying, right. you're going to love other people in the manner in which you naturally and obviously love yourself. That's exactly right. You take care of yourself. You do things for yourself. And yeah. Huh. Interesting. I've never, I've never researched that. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting way to take on it. So loving God, 
putting in first priority above everything else and loving your neighbor as yourself is this idea that you're going to take care of them. So you're going to act out the law because of your love for them. It's going to cause you to act out the law in that way. If you if you really love them as yourself, you, you can't show favoritism or yeah. partiality yeah. or none of these things are going to enter in. Okay, I'm going to bring out two things. One is you mentioned my affection towards you. And I can't remember if you said increasing. I just want you to know. I'm getting no more affectionate with you than I, than I, this is as good as it gets. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I'm not sure that I actually mentioned you that. You used the word affection in re- relation to me towards you. And I just want you to know. Specifically you towards me yes, or just generically? Yeah, it was weird. It made me uncomfortable. <laughs> all right. Yes. Yeah, so this, first of all, that, that, there's that. And now we've chased this rabbit. I cannot recall. Love okay. yourself. Okay. And you didn't want me to be affectionate to you anymore. Okay. Let me run with that whole Eugene Peterson thing. That I'm gauging how I love other people based on how I love myself. Okay. Um, I will say the scripture does assume you love yourself. Um, they're, they're, We're not talking about self-love. Yes. Loving yourself. Yes. That's exactly and right. Providing and caring. and Yes. Okay. So I think that could work. That could work if um, in the process of loving other people, it's not God honoring mm-hmm. and it's not effective. It could also inform you about your impression and how you're engaging even your very self. Yeah. So I think it is po- there are people that just are not good at taking care of and, and being good to themselves. They're not good at it at all. Why are you looking at my belly when you say that? <laughs> I can't even see your belly. Your screen's here. <laughs> why, why are you staring daggers through me as you say that? So I, I'm, if, if it was about you, I wouldn't make eye contact with you. I'd just be looking away. Um, so I, I think there's something to it. But I, so th- that being said, how we love ourselves, how we love other people, it has to be informed. Those can't mm-hmm. stand by themselves. I agree. It has to be informed by the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, you, yeah, because there's a lot of pop psychology out there that that has an idea about self love. Yes, that is completely counterproductive to anything healthy in your life. Yes, it's all about me. Take care of number one. You got to love yourself first before you can love other people. That really doesn't work. Yeah, that just leads to a lot of people in depression. Yeah, so I think there's, but I think there is a level of um, all these things. You can take that approach to looking at that scripture that way, but you can't take it. I don't think it will end up healthy if it's not informed by the person of Jesus and how he lived his life, how he treated people. In other words, on an island by themselves saying, hey, as long as you're loving other people Mm -hmm. like you love yourself, as long as you're treating other people like you treat yourself, you're good. No, I think you could could go some bad directions. I I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. 1 Corinthians 8.1. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. Mm. Love builds up. I mean, you could you just key in on that. Like, it really is this idea that love builds up. And so he even talks about in Ephesians, like, just the manner in which we talk to each other. You should speak to, to each other in such a way. Uh, no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And we always take that and go, well, don't say bad words. That's not what that's talking about. Yeah. He said, accept what is profitable for building others up so it will benefit those who listen. So not only should we be building the other person up, but you should also do it so that people around you hear that and go, wow, 
genuinely care about each other. Yeah. Like there's a genuine affection. Yes. So the, the idea that love builds up, uh, I think, I think too many of these other things, if, if we're not careful, religion produces hatred. Yeah. Religion in and of itself can produce, it, it always turns us to a hatred for someone else that doesn't match up. Yeah. Well, so, we, religion can have, can have a tendency. Yes. Because of legalism. Um, and, and a, a perversion of what it means to be holy in the world. It can, it can have a separatist mentality. Sure. In, you know, contrasted with what scripture says, which is we are to be in the world, but not of the world. In other words, we're supposed to be meandering around yeah. and doing living life in a way that looks very similar. In other words, we still go to the grocery store like everybody else goes sure. to the grocery store. We still take our kids to school like everybody else takes their kids to school. And we show up for a town hall meeting or the lighting the Christmas tree, whatever it happens to be. And we go to sport ball games like other people go to ball games. But we don't we don't live out our life in those situations the same way that everybody does. We don't value those things in the same way that everybody does. But unfortunately, sometimes people can take a separatist mentality yeah. of, oh, no, I can't. I've got to be so different from that that I can't even be around it or anything like that. Sure. So here's the actual Wearsby quote that I had today. It says, uh, uh, "Love should help a poor man do better. Love should help a rich man make better use of his God-given resources. Love always builds up. Hatred always tears down. Mm. Mm. Should help a poor man do better. Should help the rich man make better use of his God-given resources. That's good. Anyway, we only." Believe as much of the Bible as we practice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that last night in youth group. I was like, okay, what? You have some really messed up. Let's just take Scientology, for example. Those people, man, they're spending a lot of money, spending a lot of time on this thing that's that's crazy. I mean, it's it's just crazy. Yeah. But they're doing it. And the reason they're doing it is because they really believe it. Yeah. So when we when we are Christ followers that are unwilling to do certain things, it does should make us go, what is it about this that I don't believe that I haven't um 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 I don't know what your of, I don't know what your hand gestures mean and no one else can see them. I know, I'm just trying to think of the word that, that I haven't uh internalized this oh, that hasn't become who I am yeah. enough that I that I don't have an issue with saying, you know, whatever I need to say that the Holy Spirit lays on my heart or do whatever the Holy Spirit yeah. lays on my heart to do. So if we really believe it, we're going to practice it. Like yeah. if, if I really love you, I'm going to do things that benefit you. That's going to build you up. I yeah. mean, that's the ultimate, like we do a lot of harassing on here and a lot of back and forth and we do a lot of harassing in our life. But <laughs> dude, you got that wire around your beard, and I'm trying to keep on, a straight face, man. Come on, that's funny stuff, man. It's like I did a, that just for your beard. It's like a bolo tie around the front of your beard. Okay, go back to how nice so you are we, to me. We, we really do build each other up. Yeah. Like in, in the tough times and the hard times when things get down, like you're the first person I call. I'm probably the fifth, sixth person you call. Yeah. So I don't know where I am on the list, actually, but somewhere down there. You're the wind beneath my wings, James. (laughs) (laughs) 
the truth is we do build each other up. Like sure. it's not just yeah. tearing down all the time. No, no. It's and it's, our tearing down is all in good fun. This this relationship is built on rock, not sand. Oh god, you just so when the wind and the why, storms. Why is it every time we blow, start to do something serious, you have to act? We like stand a jerk. firm. Where other relationships oh, that gosh. are built on sand, they just they fall, they crumble. It's like a kid's song or something. I mean, we are the example. Are you done? Yeah. <laughs> Because you're an idiot. I mean, seriously. Every time. I'm not kidding you. You go back and listen to our podcast. Every time it starts getting a little bit close to the heart, a little bit close to the chest, you got to make some kind of stupid okay, wise crack say about it. I want you to know that you really went on and on about how we build each other up. It took me 15 seconds to get you to criticize me. I mean, you were on me like... I don't understand, man. You're just all over you're me. You're just an idiot. Instead of saying, Kenny, you're, you're so such, funny. You're a low-class jerk your is what you are. <laughs> So right after saying we built each other up, and I'm trying to be funny. So what's your point? You don't say, Kenny, you're so funny. That'd be building up. No, you think you're funny. Yeah, that's true. I do think <laughs> I'm funny. I would I mean, agree with that statement. I'm not right. saying other people don't think you're funny too. But okay, there's three. They almost think you're as funny as you think you're funny. There's at least three that lie to me. No, you're that. funny. You're okay. a funny dude, Kenny. Thank you for building me up, James. You look good in John Wayne gear. Yeah, thanks, buddy. All right. Your that is your John so Wayne insincere. outfit, right? It is. My, it's not a John Wayne outfit. It's a John Wayne shirt. He is wearing a cowboy hat. I'm not wearing a cowboy hat. No, he, I don't have a brown hey, vest I on. went by the store and saw those. Yep. I checked them out. I was at Sam's. and That's I kind of cool. I'm t- I like them. Like. They don't say John Wayne on the sign, though. It's a little toasty. It says something else. No, it says John Wayne on it. No, on that, but I mean on the little sign. Right here, it says there's a sign on the shirt that says John Wayne. It's a tag. Not a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign from God. It's a shirt sign. Don't you have shirt signs? No, I don't. They tell the size signs. and how you clean them. And remember that song, Signs. No. Is that Skid Row? Uh, who? Sign, sign. Tesla. Did Tesla, Tesla sing that? That was that. Te- yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. Let's go with Tesla. I don't think it was Skid Row. You know what's sad? That in the '80s and early '90s, there were people that knew the name Tesla. As a band. As a band. And didn't have a clue. Not as the coolest car ever. No, you idiot. <laughs> it was one of the most brilliant men who have ever lived. Oh, that. Yo. Yes. Who now who was he? Yeah, he was. Who's the was smart guy? Bobby Tesla. Bobby. Robert to his friends. <laughs> Robbie. He lived up in Colorado. Robbie Tesla. Hey, this was pre this was pre uh medicinal marijuana. He lived up there. Yeah. He chose to live up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An experiment with you're, electricity. You're actually talking about the brilliant scientist. Robert Tesla. Nikolai Tesla. Okay. Well, but his American name, when you translate Nick, Nikolai. Nick? Yeah, to American. It's How did you get Nick? Robert. How did you get Robert instead of Nick? Yeah, well, it's just Nikolai is their version of Bob. Oh. All right, so here we go. Let's let's wrap, let's not wrap it up, but let's hit this last part because this, oh, is, this is where God, it gets really let's good. Let's just wrap it up, man. <laughs> I, I like the wrap it up thing. Speak and act. As those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So again, it, this is one of those themes that comes up over and over and over. This very simple equation. It's like a mathematical equation. The Time out. Ma- yeah. Let me read mine. I, I really, I mean, I was on a roll. Did you feel that? You're really going to be on a roll after this. I'm going to let you roll with this, but okay. I want you to. Because this is going to really tee you up, okay? Okay. Verse 12. No. Verse 12. Talk and act as people who are going to be judged. 
by laws that bring freedom. No mercy was shown to those who show no mercy to others. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now roll with that, man. Okay. So here, here's the whole simple equation. The manner in box A, the manner in which you show mercy to people. Okay. Equals the manner in which God is going to show mercy to you. The, um, um, in other words, okay. There are people that you you sh- quote unquote show mercy to. Do you want to start again? Yeah, no. There are people that you quote unquote show mercy to that have not truly offended you. Okay. It's not been an offensive thing to you. And so it's you know it's not the right thing, but it's not truly offended you and hurt you. It's the point in which somebody has offended you and hurt you. Truly offended you and hurt you that you begin to show mercy. You even come close to showing mercy like God is showing mercy to us. Okay. So when we, it'd be very easy to go through life and say, hey, I've been merciful to Bob. You know, he borrowed my car and, or Nikolai, he borrowed my car and he was supposed to return it at three. He turned it at 3.30. Yeah. I didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, he shouldn't have made a big deal. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a big deal. He's 3.30. But at the point that someone says something or hurts you or whatever it happens to be, that truly you, there has or been a real offense. Or let's say Bob steals your car. Steals my car. And never brings it back. Yes. Fills it with popcorn. Sells it. Spends yeah. the money on whatever. Popcorn. For his kids. Electricity. Yeah. Or a, or an 80s rock band. And then albums. you confront him about it and he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, whatever. You got plenty of cars, Kenny. You're fine. You got like 17 cars right. over there. Three of them run. So you were truly offended in that situation. Yes. And at the point that you show mercy, in in a point where you're offended, that's when you're really, you're coming, you're at least coming close to the idea that when we sin, we are truly offending God in, in that situation. So the manner in which we show mercy to people is the same manner in which God is going to show mercy to us. If we are not merciful people, God is not going to be merciful to us. That's why, in my opinion, one of those things that is placed within us at salvation is the ability to show mercy. Sure. It has to be. I think let's back up to verse 12. I think okay. you're still missing a key oh, part of this. No, no, I don't. Talk and act as people who are going to be judged. Yes. By laws that bring freedom. So it's this idea that we... We are living in such a way, remembering that we're going to give an account for it. Yes. And remembering that that account goes something like this. If you're unmerciful, you're going to be treated without mercy. Yeah. If you want mercy, you got to give mercy. Yes. It goes all the way back. Jesus said, if you want to be forgiving, you have to be forgiving. Yeah. Like you can't have one without the other. You can't go around and be like, hey, I got God's grace. I'm forgiven. And then treat everybody else with unforgiveness. Yes. You can't go, I'm full of God's mercy. Oh, his mercy is new every day. Oh, he's thinking, Jesus, I got the mercy. And then you're like, hey, Kenny's a jerk, man. I hate that guy. Yeah. You can't You can't have it both ways. So you, you really can't do this. You have to show mercy if you're going to receive mercy. Yes. And we all have to, and without mercy, we've got nothing. Yeah. And so it's the idea that we live in such a way, knowing that we are going to give an account by the law that gives freedom. So it's that we are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Like yeah. we should live this, and then that should give us freedom by living this. Like, and I say it like this, I'm free to forgive you. Yeah. I'm free to not hold that grudge. People talk about, well... You know, you had some pretty rough times in your life. How do you? How do you go? How are you not angry over all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Why would I be? 
I have freedom to not hold that. Like, there's where the freedom's at. Yeah. The freedom is to show mercy. Like, the, I, I have, I'm completely free not to hold that offense. Yeah. To completely let it go. Like, and, and I'm not good at letting things go. It's not a natural tendency yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. But when you look at this, you go, eh, okay, I'm free to let it go. Free to forgive. I'm free to show grace. I'm free to show mercy. Well, it's also brought up in Scripture as a judge not lest you be judged in the manner in which you judge other people. God's going to judge you. Like, Boy, hey, that is the equation. most. No, I know. I don't want to misinterpret. I, I don't want to. I don't want to chase time. that. But this theme isn't a new theme in this section. It's brought up over and over. The importance that we're showing grace and mercy yeah. to the people around us. And one of the reasons we show grace and mercy is because He just pointed out that we're also yeah. lawbreakers. We're in the same boat with them. You can say, "Well, I would." Never, in God's eyes, no. You're all in the yep. same boat. You're all lawbreakers. I want you to show mercy and grace yep. to the people around you. Super important. That sounds That's right. Great. Over and over and over again. So, all right, what are you doing this weekend? Hey, I'm playing the Snowmageddon, man. I don't know what that is. You don't know what the Snowmageddon is? No. Well, you guys are up here around Tulsa, so you're not getting the Snowmageddon that we're getting. Oh, okay. I see what you're The doing. Snowmageddon is coming to Oklahoma. In fact, in Cushing, every shelf on the grocery store is wiped out. Okay, so so you said you're Snowmageddon, playing... Baby. The Snowmageddon? I can't wait for it to get oh, here. Okay, I thought you, I, I was th- I, I was thinking it was like a planning. game or no, something. I said planning for planning. the Snowmageddon. Okay, I'm sorry, I planning for the Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. All right. So you know it's funny because like in our area it could be four inches, it could be twelve inches, but we're right in the path, and then you're right. You're going to get heat either way. You're right past us. You guys could get just rain. Yes. Like it doesn't look like it's going to be much for you at all. Yeah. But it looks like we could be packed with snow, ice, rain, sleet, all yeah. of it. Yeah, lucky for us, we're only going to get froze, freezing rain. I think that's nicely played. Yeah. I think that's good. So none of the pretty, beautiful snow. No. Just just danger. Absolutely. Just danger zone. Yeah. We can come to our house and watch the snow. No. I, there are videos online. <laughs> I'm going to try. So anyway, we have these great big windows in our, yeah. in our around our fireplace, these yeah. huge windows that go out into the property, and you can see for quite a ways, and it's yeah. cedar trees and... Fire pit and all like that, and it's just absolutely beautiful when the yeah. snow comes. Yeah. Like I'm, and and so it's decorated for Christmas. Let the snowmageddon happen. You gonna take family pictures? You should take family pictures. Oh, that would be awesome! While that the snow's awesome. coming down. Yeah. Hey, dude. Picture of you in your living room, fireplace, snow outside, wearing your John Wayne pullover. Ooh. And then we we'll, we we'll, we should shoot that out there somewhere. Yeah, I'm serious. We'll do that. Yeah. I hey. Love it. Uh, I've noticed that you've upped your social media game, by the way. I have. What's up with that? Did you turn into a teenage girl? Now, I've jumped from about a shoots and ladders to a risk or maybe a monopoly. I don't know what that means. It's a it's a more complex game. By the game. way, nobody else knows what that means either. Shoots and ladders. It's a very simple game. Mm-hmm. It's a game kids play a lot. Whereas risk and monopoly, that's kind of a grown-up game. So that's if I'm making an analogy of upping my game in social media. So it's too difficult for you to say I'm moving from checkers to chess. That was a that was oh, a more difficult analogy. I should have just done that one. <laughs> checkers to chess. That would have been a great one. So just just a thought. Pinochle, pinochle to boxing. Oh, that's a good. That's oh, MMA. Good. Pinochle to MMA. Pinochle to MMA. That's really that good. That's very complex. Or my ties. Pinochle to my tie. My tie or Muay Thai? My hmm. ties the things that you fill a bottle up and light it on fire and throw it at people. That seems pretty simple. No, that's Maltov. 
Oh, that is Maltov, isn't it? What's Mai Tai? Is that a drink it's with boxing. the flour on it's it? Like, it's like, it's like. Muay Thai. You're thinking of Muay Thai. Mm. Not Mai Tai. I think Mai Tai is a drink. <laughs> I'm isn't looking it, it up right now. Isn't Mai Tai a I drink? I cannot wait until we finish the podcast to find this out. All right. It's a drink. Hey. Make this rum classic. Make this rum classic? Yeah. Oh, we're done, aren't we? <laughs> James is hurting. I think he had too much coffee. <laughs> and maybe bananas. See you guys next time. Have a good one. Yeah, that's getting edited out. <laughs> I want you to know. When I say... That me and James's filters are set on different levels. <laughs> There's no question in my what mind. What do you mean by that? I don't. I just still don't. I, you keep saying that stuff, and I still don't understand what you're talking about. You know, because you can say that because you know this is getting edited out. You're gonna edit that out. You're just gonna. Act, you're gonna deny. <laughs>